Testing, testing. Mic check, one, two. Is anybody out there? I think Skylar Fiction's out there. He says he would like to come on. The trouble with that, Mr. Skylar Fiction, is that would mean less time for me to talk. And me talking is actually the most important part of the program. He says he's going to do it. Awesome. More publicity for me. Maybe I'll become his favorite, like I'm Mind Creek's Welcome to Trinity Radio. I'm Braxton Hunter, and along with me is Dr. Jonathan Pritchett, all the way in the back, apparently. Back of the house. Back of the house. Yeah. What, what is up with this? Well, when we do uh, when we do this on Trinity Radio Extra, our second channel that you need to know about and subscribe to, that focuses more on theology than apologetics, then I'll sit in the back. How's that? No, because actually, I'll still because I, yes, because you have to I do, do all the right. I don't want to learn that. Yeah. That's I'm, work. I'm basically the Wesley Crusher of this operation. That's right. And you're John Luke Picard, right? That's well, uh, except for the hair, we you got that backwards, but okay. Uh, Punchbowl haircut says thank you. By the way, for that super chat it means so much. Yeah. Braxton, has anyone ever called you Braxty? And if so, where did you hide the body? Not Braxty, but not, but his mom calls him Bracky. 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 Um, I have been called by certain um, relatives Braxy, and um, by my Middle Eastern friends, those living in Turkey, and the ones that have migrated to or, uh, or immigrated to um, Canada, they call me uh, Brax. So uh, that's that's the thing. You get to you get to uh, you know throw in some uh, some of your own nicknames. And Mike Winger says, "Time to deal with some low hanging fruit." Be nice, Mike. Mike, look. It, I've got a cup now for people like you and Jonathan. Be a nice human. I am a nice human. Oh, actually, I yes, um, John, I did uh, do uh, production with audio equipment and stuff, but uh, that was before all it became super duper complicated. So I I've fell fallen off the wagon on that. So I, yeah, Tatiana says Middle Eastern. I could be using the wrong term, but anyway. Um, uh, I've got some Armenian uh, brothers and sisters. Video software and audio software are two different things. I can tell you how to EQ and compress. I can't tell you how to 
do whatever he's doing. Nobody cares. And we're having two conversations. Let's jump into this. So yesterday, Jonathan, as mm -hmm. you know, I uh, was on um, a program with the Unapologetic Apologists. Um, Stellman, uh, Smith, Stellman, Stellman, Smith. Yes, and they do such a be much better John job. John Dunphy. At, yeah, they do such a uh, much better job at making fun of us than atheists do. That's right. Deflating yeah. uh, atheism uh, was on there. I don't know much about him. I've seen a couple of his videos, I think. Uh, but 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 he was on there with us. And then I was on there. And we were covering a discussion linked in the description below uh, between Jordan Peterson and Susan Black. Moore, I think Blackmore on Unbelievable with Justin Brierly. And so we we went through it. It was kind of off the cuff responding to these things. And um, so that was uh, yeah. someone says, hi, Brax from Canada. Hey, Brax from Canada. Wonderful. Appreciate that. Um, I wonder if you're one of the people I know from Canada. Probably not, but I know you now. Glad you're here. Um, anyway, I did that. And then to my surprise, a couple of different channels actually covered this. Um, and so I, I, I found that this morning and I took a look at what they had to say. And so I thought we'd respond to, to some of this, um, as our Friday live stream. Kaziana so. says we're not social distancing. Here's the thing. He doesn't have COVID-19 and I don't have COVID-19. Now a year ago, he didn't have COVID-19 and I didn't have a COVID-19 and we sat this close together and it wasn't a problem a year ago when neither one of us had COVID-19. So I don't see why it's actually a thing when neither one of us have COVID-19. Does it's, this make you feel better? Yeah. Perhaps. Um, all right. So I, I don't like the, it's not a Trinity. It doesn't have the logo on it. Yeah. We you, need a, yes, it's gotta be branding, <laughs> but for reasons I don't understand half of our audience would get mad. I, I, I don't know. <laughs> um, all right. So I like uh, it cause it blocks his breath, but other than all that, right, let's, let's get to this, Jonathan. All yes. right, let's get to this. So, uh, the first person is Nathan Ormond. I hope I'm pronouncing that right. Nathan, if you hear this, um, I don't know much about him. I know that if I if I understand, and if this is not you, if I'm thinking of someone else, Nathan, you can you can tell me later. But I think he was um, a professing Christian and then had an interchange with Pine Creek um, that got him thinking. And because of the logic and persuasion of Pine Creek, he has now um, rejected Christianity. Mm. So um, so there you go with that. Um, I, I actually think that young apologists watching who would like to get experience making response videos like the ones that, that we make on here, um, it's good to cover Pine Creek's channel because when you're first starting out, there's some, there's a lot of stuff he talks about that, that's, that I think that, you know, apologists getting started can respond to, uh, and have a lot to say about. And, um, and, and you know, I, I think it's a good, good practice getting started that way. Mm -hmm. But, um, I, I, that may sound condescending or insulting. I don't mean for it to. But uh, let's... To Pine Creek, you mean? To, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> just kidding. Just um, kidding. But let's go ahead and start with the... Oh, first, Luke Sweet. Pixler. Thank you for that substantial super chat. Here you go, guys. Buy some Trinity Radio face masks. <laughs> yeah. I guess now we have to. So yeah. thanks a lot, Luke Pixler. No, seriously, thank you. I appreciate that. All right. The first clip here. Now, now let me set this up a little bit. I think it's going to be set up by the clip. But Jordan Peterson has been discussing <laughs> a little bit about um, Sorry, that's funny. why he uh, or in you know what what it means to uh, what the, a theme throughout the entire video is the residue and undergirding of Christianity 
um, is what Western culture is today running off of to a certain degree. Yes. And the ethics and things like that. So anyway, let's just listen to the clip and let's listen to what this um, character has to say. You're not a Christian, Jordan. You're not a Christian. This guy's not a Christian. Say, well, of course I'm a Christian. I, I live in the West. Sorry. Peterson kind of setting up his stuff. And I don't have too much to say about it at this particular moment because it's going to kind of come out more throughout the debate. But a lot of people like to kind of accuse Jordan Peterson of more of a pragmatism. It's just more kind of pragmatic to live his life. I do think it is deeper than that. But uh, Braxton, what, what do you want to say about this? Yeah, so obviously the first thing that um, that would jump out at an evangelical like myself would be, okay, look, especially people doing what we do in apologetics and things like that. And I know that not everyone here is an evangelical, but to someone like me, it jumps out with, okay, when you say, well, of course I'm a Christian. I, I live in the West or I was raised in the West. Okay, so already, already he's gone off of what Jordan Peterson said. So Jordan Peterson said, my worldview is part of the Christian tradition, affirmative. Um, and Braxton Hunt is here saying, "That's you're not a Christian, Jordan. Um, and then he's going to go on to, I mean, I think the important point is to do with salvation, really. But um, Braxton is going, you're not a Christian, Jordan. You're not a Christian. This guy's not a Christian. Like, that's not what he, even what he said. It's not what I said either. I don't think it's the case that uh, uh, Tatiana says it's a little blurry. That's on the video from Nathan, not on our video. Uh, but say I, if you had patrons, you would be able to afford clear <clears throat> video. But I, I don't think it's the case that uh, Jordan Peterson is not a Christian. I lack knowledge about his salvation experience. I don't know. Uh, this is one of the interesting things that comes up in this video and, and that I think we say repeatedly is one of the gripes that Christians have about Jordan Peterson is a lack of pristine clarity about this. And we talk about that quite a bit. I, there are strong reasons for me to think um, that Jordan Peterson might be a Christian. There are strong reasons for me to question whether Jordan Peterson is a Christian based on the things that he says. But actually, what he says here, uh, so, so first of all, that's just wrong. That's just incorrect. Um, and if I did say anything, and I don't think that I did, like Jordan Peterson's not really a Christian, um, I can't, I, if I did, that was, that was misspeaking, but I don't know that I said that. I think I would say, I don't know. I wish you would be more clear. Now, uh, as for, he says, I misunderstood the question here uh, or the statement from Peterson. Actually, he got it wrong too. What was said by uh, Justin Brierley, he asked him, do you see yourself in the Christian tradition as far as your worldview? Do you see yourself in the Christian tradition as far as your worldview? Is your worldview... A Christian one. That's the question. Right. Um, now, yes, he begins to talk about the cultural um, religious artifacts and how we live in a very Christianized Western world and all this sort of thing. That's true. But you've got to understand. And maybe maybe this person is not as aware, or maybe a bit ignorant of Jordan Peterson's thinking on this, but it's unpacked in this clip, which is that for Jordan Peterson, he doesn't like the simple question, do you believe in God, let's say. Rather, what he likes is the question, uh, what he wants to say is what you believe is borne out by how you behave. Right. So if we're trying to get at what does Jordan Peterson believe, which I think is what um, was being pressed by, uh, uh, by uh, why can't uh, Justin Brierley, um, then, then we, should, we should answer the question of how you behave. This is why he brings this up. This is completely appropriate to the question. Um, but hey, you know, who knows anything to say on that before we go on? Well, it's helpful to watch the video carefully that you're going to respond to before you respond. Yeah. Um, 
Let's see. The response uh, that most quickly comes to the mind as a knee-jerk reaction is, well, what you're what you're describing is sort of a um, a cultural Christianity or a. Uh, and this is kind of funny, considering that it's Jordan Peterson that he's reviewing. You know the whole. So what you're saying is meme with Kathy Newman. Well, Braxton's gonna. And is well, yeah, and and that's what this Nathan guy does to me throughout this video. By the way, what you're. And the response uh, that most quickly comes to the mind as a knee-jerk reaction is, well, what you're what you're describing is sort of a um, a cultural Christianity or a um, uh, it, it's like a it's like you're a part of Christendom, but does that mean that you are in any sense um, meaningfully a Christian in an orthodox sense of the term? Uh, but I think that's going to I think that question uh, of what exactly Jordan Peterson means is something that perhaps we can unfold more later on as he moves on. I think he makes a really relevant point about. Um, look, if you if you your beliefs are going to show up in how you behave, right? How you act is going to demonstrate your beliefs. I'm just going to. I think I might turn down. Now this is where we're going to get to the meat of what's going to be discussed by Nathan and by Skyler. And you know, one of the things that I've often thought about, I think that is certainly true. And in fact, one thing that he says in this, and I'm not trying to go on too long. I'll try to be brief here. But when I think about um, things that he says elsewhere in this very video, he says. Um, we aren't, we, it is always said it in that clip. We don't have access to our own beliefs. Like we think we do. We don't have the level of, I don't know how he said it exactly, but the specificity of our own psychology to the degree that we think we do. And if we did, of course, psychologists might be out of a job. We, so, you know, the, the thing about it is, um, when I look at myself and this could actually maybe help someone who experiences doubt and say, do I really believe that, uh, Christianity is true? Um, that that god exists like ontologically and all those kind of things what comes to my mind is well braxton uh do you fear god <laughs> yeah i do so what it, this is quite interesting because to my mind he's essentially saying his reasoning i mean he's saying he fears god right is his is his motivating reasoning which is <laughs> They've just seen a very funny comment um, in the chat. Um, yeah, he's, he's basically saying his motivating reasoning boils down to his fear of God. Um, I mean, I get, I guess he's saying um, that's how he acts in the world, or how, but but it's like you know the old Pine Creek, it's just carrots and sticks. It, boil, it always comes down to carrots and sticks. But... I do. <laughs> Sorry, by the way, atheist. Um. So. He, there wasn't really much of a response there, but I want to. I want to jump. What, what What do you think about that? I think this is a guy who is, wants to make a response video to you, but has nothing to say, so is scrambling around trying to find something to say. Is what it strikes me as. It looked like he was looking for something to say there. Um, yeah. The, the, the thing—he's not just making a response video to me. To be fair, this was a response video to all four of us. Um, yes, but he was but, wanting to make a response video yeah. of the video, and it's—he's just grasping for something to say. That's yeah. To my mind, yeah. so what you're saying is that's—I mean that—that that is kind of what we got. So here, so here's the thing. Let's talk about this issue of the fear of God. Actually, let's go ahead and hear what. Um, Skylar Fiction says about this because we can respond to both at the same time because they yeah. make similar points. Yeah. But what I find hilarious is like the reason you're saying that you have a certain behavior is because you fear God, right? Like the reason I have certain behavior is because. Okay, okay, hold up now. 
because Skylar and, and I and I want you to know I'm not making this video. We are not making this video because I want to like stick it to Skylar fiction or something. I, I perhaps that's what you sensed when I saw you saying something like that you're going to do a live stream. I think you're saying while this live stream is going or something. It, you don't have to worry about it. It's not like a, not that you would, but I'm not like trying to attack you. Oh, hey, Skylar Fiction uh, audience, come subscribe to Trinity Radio for more great <laughs> but, content. But, and I don't, and not that you think that that's, not that we think that's so what you awesome think. we get um, played in two different locations. But what I'm trying to say here is all I want to do is clarify to you and others what I actually think about this. Now, listen to what he I says. I want to be promoted on other channels, so this is pretty cool. Listen to what he says specifically. And let's, uh, let me tell you if I think it's correct. But what I find hilarious is like the reason you're saying that you have a certain behavior is because you fear God. The reason you have a certain behavior is because you fear God. Technically correct, Skylar. That is technically correct. The reason I have a certain behavior, we could say like this, certain things that I do, I do principally because I fear God. All right, let's see where it goes from there. Right? Because like, I think that technically you said the right thing, but I think your understanding of what I meant by that is is much grander. Yeah. The reason I have certain behavior is because I love and care about other people. Me too. Um, the reason I have a certain behavior is because I fear God. The reason I have certain behaviors is because I love and care for other people. Like th those two things are not mutually right. exclusive. The reason why you procreated with your spouse is because that's a different love, reason. Right. I mean, so, I mean, we could do this all day. Yeah. The reason why you ate a ham sandwich is, because but it's fair because I could see him and I could see Nathan hearing what I'm saying as though this is the overarching reason why I, any of my behavior is what it is. Right. And so I want to clarify, that's not what I'm doing here. That's, that's not it. And though they didn't say this, I want to make this clear for anybody else that this is also not an apologetic for the truth of the Christian God that, Oh, because I fear God, therefore God exists. None of that is what's going on. What's going on is simply this. If I look at my own, like I'm like the whole point here is we have trouble um, with precision getting at what we believe on certain issues. There's a psychological thing going on there. And this is one of the reasons that psychologists are, are, are helpful is because they can help you figure out what you actually believe on a particular thing, right? Okay, so when I analyze myself and I say, do I really believe? Are there behaviors that exist because I, I have a fear of God? We'll talk about what the fear of God actually means in a moment. But are there behaviors that would not be present if that wasn't present? Yes. Okay, is it a system dependent thing that if I have a fear of God, it seems like I must believe in God, at least on some level, right? Yes. Okay. So I have access now to a tool for figuring out where my belief about God is. That's all I'm saying. When I analyze my behavior and beliefs, like Jordan Peterson was saying, I think that if I, if I have this present, it's an indication right. of what I actually believe because it impacts my behavior. That's what I'm saying there. It's, it's, it's not some big overarching thing that the fear of God in a, in a cowering sense is what is what uh, influences everything I do in life and all the good things. Yeah, and that goes back to even when he had a Peterson had that conversation with Matt Dillahunty, why he's slow to acknowledge the atheism qua atheism of anyone in the West too, because mm -hmm. he's saying you're not aware of 
certain historical influences of uh, and categories of thought through the Christian tradition that have impacted the way in, in shaped your thinking, whether you wish it to be so or not, it's irrelevant. So that's why he was doing that. And that kind of irritates Matt Dillahunty whenever someone questions his atheism. But there's a reason for that, that uh, it seems like that goes over certain people's heads when you're talking about a Judeo-Christian context and historical tradition of thought that permeates Western thinking in general. Um, so. Jonathan, the unapologetic apologist, we'll put him on Scholar's head. Scholar, we're just playing around here, man. Um, but uh, the unapologetic apologist says, uh, gives us $5, five American dollars, and says, um, this is such an achievement in my life to be featured in some way on Trinity Radio, although it would be more of an achievement if it were only Brax. Mm. <laughs> Quite right. You're right. They do razz us better than atheists do. Yes. Um, and it was on his channel that, that this uh, discussion took place. Yes. Um, all right. So what, so, uh, what about, what are we talking about? <laughs> what are we saying? I don't know. The point is it's not about some big overarching thing. And it's not about, this is why I believe it's do I believe. And this is the, and this do the, is the actions thing. that you demonstrate consistent with what you believe. And that's what he says. That's what Peterson would say. Well, you believe because of the way, because that that's there. Yeah. Right. That's all. Right. That's the only point. Yeah. Now on the fear of God, what we mean on the fear of God, good lexicon will, will help with this. Uh, Dr. Josh probably knows this. We're going to get to him in a minute. Um, but uh, to f so it could be that we have a sense of reverence for God. Yeah. You know, so let's think about it, for example. Let's get real explicit. But not at the expense of other things, but that's that's a big part of Reverence right. is really... Listen, okay, so, so when people think of fear, they think of scaredness. Mm-hmm. And that has an element too, but sorry, John Beavers, it actually, there is a sense of being afraid, but fear also carries with it a sense of reverence or awe or respect too. Um, it's not, I don't, you don't fear God in the same sense that you fear a madman, you know, pointing a gun at your head. Right. That's, and you don't fear your dad in the same way that, so while there are ele elements to where you can be scared of God and you can be scared of your dad, that's, that, that sense doesn't account for the whole thing. So you have to actually unpack the word fear. And yeah, reverence is a, in the sense that that's used in Scripture is a big part of that. So. Yeah, so wrapped up in the idea of the fear of God is... A, 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 an understanding of reverence. There also mm -hmm. is uh, the fear of condemnation or the fear of discipline. Yeah. Um, and so all of those things I think are important to mention as we're coming into this. Uh, and we're going to get back to Nathan's comments yeah. again in a moment on, fear on, is on not carrots the same and thing as Scared. Right. Right. That that's why uh, that's why I, I don't I don't have a problem. The Bible has other words for being terrorized. You know, in terror or Mm -hmm. scared of something or afraid. Right. We got it. But, yeah. but here's the thing. Uh, there are things in my life that I, let's say there are things in my life that I don't do that is principally because of a reverence, um, and fear of God in, in those senses. So 
uh, if I if I do something nice for my wife, I'm not doing that because of the fear of God. Yeah, look right? over your shoulder for lightning bolts. Right, that's right. Not, it's not. <laughs> but there are certain activities that I would wager, I don't know, but I would wager that our interlocutors here would not consider to be bad things or sinful things, right? Um, let's just say bad things in case they don't believe in sin, right? Because they probably don't in the sense that we're talking about. Yeah. But uh, there are certain things they would think, they wouldn't even think are bad things, but because of special revelation that I have in scripture, I think are bad things. Right. So let's unpack that. that. I might yeah. hold on that. I might want to do. Right. And, and that I might not from a human perspective think should be that considered that big of a deal. And I don't do those particular things because of a fear of God. Right. I ain't an allegiance to him, but that's not everything. No, the, the things that I do, um, the, the things that I do in life when he says he's, he, he loves his kids cause he loves his kids and he's kind to people cause he's kind to people. And that's the ethical thing and blah, blah, blah. I'm with you. That's the same reason. And I, I really want everyone to hear this because this is in one sense, a straw man that I've heard. I don't know that. I think scholar thinks I'm saying that. I don't think he's trying to create a straw man, but I've heard others say this. They, they treat it like that the, the, the atheist here, or the secularist has some sort of a moral high ground in, in within a subjective morality that uh, Schuyler I think accepts that he's that it's subjective morality that they have some kind of moral high ground there because they're doing it for subjectively moral ethical reasons. Whereas the Christian is doing it because they're afraid of God. And I just wanted a chance to bring some clarity on that because I think that's misunderstood by both individuals or maybe all three. Right. Because what we believe is not, we don't, we don't just believe that, well, you should be kind for being kind sake as if that is pat yourself on the back worthy because people decided it was going to be worthy that way because it could just as well be otherwise punch people for joy. Right. And that's morally acceptable behavior. That's, that's virtuous. Right. I mean, when you're talking about subjective morality, either it could go either way. So when we talk about objective morality, uh, for us, God is the ground of that. But because we have what, what you're talking about earlier, divine revelation, there are certain behaviors that um, we would otherwise engage in were it not for revelation that yeah. tells us that we shouldn't. Now, just because you think I, I will only walk a little old lady across the street because I'm kind and it doesn't go anything about that is worth patting yourself on the back for. Um, well, why is that good? That's your first problem. Uh, in any other sense, and it just makes you feel happy about yourself. So it's ultimately self-serving that way anyway. But for us, it's actually a objective good to help a little old lady across the street, right? So because we have this fear of God that we engage in certain behaviors, don't engage in other behaviors that atheists may think is morally permissible, um, it still goes back to the fact that we can do things not only out of the fear of God, but we can do things because we have a foundation that good things are actually good to do. Mm -hmm. And we yeah. just don't find that compelling on a cultural relativism or a personal relativistic <clears throat> now, subjective I, I, morality. I, I just remembered this, so I want to say this um, by way of charity. Uh, Schuyler Fiction did say something nice about about us or about me. He said that we yeah, you're had, not Eric Hernandez. He said we he said we had a nice set. So thank you, Schuyler. He says he wants to build a nice set like this. So thank you hey, for that. This is a this was a 
Even after we moved out of the old studio, this is a process. Oh, whoops. To put this set together. Okay, so this. Is like behavior is because I love and care about other people and have empathy. Me too. Right. Mm -hmm. you too. So, what do you? I, I don't know. Like me personally, matters, by actually. weighing a person's you know decisions, right? It's just like saying someone who does something for money, opposed to doing something. I'm tempted. Um, he's talking about how he weighs out. I, I guess he's saying like when he weighs out motivations, which one is better? Mm -hmm. Um. And of course, I'm very tempted here to, to talk about morality and that whole thing about the, the ontology of moral values and duties and, and, and what is this thing you're weighing them on, all this whole thing. But I'm not going to, okay, I'm not. Let's just keep going. Uh, for being ethical or to be um, uh, for kindness or generosity. I, we, we have huge problems in society a lot of times when we just say people are doing things for the money, right? I don't uh, Grayback says, uh, what behavior do you do because of fear of the Lord? Um, frankly, I'll tell you what I tell people in church. I'm like, when, I, when I'm talking to a group of Christians, I'll say, look, everybody in this audience is, is aware of sinful temptations in their lives, right? Mm -hmm. Everyone, everyone from the smallest child who's able to think about these things to uh, the little old lady who makes cookies for all the church functions. Everyone has a sin problem. Everyone is aware of the way that uh, the enemy pushes their buttons, so to speak. Um, and so you might say, well, Braxton, what is you, what are the temptations you have? And guess what? It's none of your business. <laughs> How about that? Right. Isn't that your answer? That's, That's my answer. That's always my answer. Yeah. So, uh, but there are things. Um, but that's not, an, I'm not trying to be insulting towards you, Grayback. All right, uh, let's let's keep going. Well, here here's the thing, though. Again, good for good's sake only means so much insofar as you have grounding for good, right? So we don't have to go into all that, but we can at least stipulate that much. Mm -hmm. So I do it for the money. I let's say so. If you don't have an objective morality, I think if we can pitch that. Being nice for the money sounds a lot better than just being nice for the sake of getting on YouTube and being self-congratulatory by saying, I'm nice because I'm a good person. At least mm -hmm. get money out of it, right? Because, I mean, there's no, there's no real standard there. So all you're doing is just saying, I'm so much better by no standard whatsoever than somebody who does kind things just for money. So if it were me, I would just do it for the money you're still getting the same outcome of being nice, right? I have to admit that though I listen to you and hang on your every word, I phased out a little bit and was reading the comments. But I'm going to trust that whatever you said is correct. No, I'm saying, look, there's no objective morality, right? Yes. So I mean, one person you, says, I'm yeah. going to be nice for nice sake. And they get on YouTube and talk about how nice they are because mm -hmm. they're a good person. Mm -hmm. The other person is being nice which is vacuous, by the way. Go ahead. Right, without an objective standard. Mm -hmm. The other person is being nice, but he's doing it for the money. I say do it for the money because there's no objective standard anyway, and the outcome is still niceness. So it's actually better to do it ju just for the money. Oh, uh, you can't say better. Well, I know, but if it's in a relative sense, I would rather. It's more advantageous. It's more advantageous to do it for the money than to do it just so you can sit on YouTube and say how wonderful of a person you are for being nice because you want to be a good person. Right. And actually it's, it's funny because everything we're talking, when he talks about all the good things and all that, that, that goes into all this, this kind of drives home the point 
of the original video that, that prompted this yeah. is Jordan's thing is right. Because your ethical uh, inclinations arise from a very Judeo-Christian substrate and ethics that come from that. Right. Because God grounds a basis for morality in the Christian tradition which all atheists in the West are a part of, which is why many atheists can't live consistently with a moral relativism and they can't live consistently uh, with, an, or they can't find an objective standard in the, other than God. You know, Even I, though Sam Harris tries and tries real, real and quickly, tries, can't get real, there. Real quickly, Pritchett, there were, yeah. uh, there were a bunch of people having their own conversation in the chat about mm -hmm. um, whether or not anybody ever becomes a Christian because of apologetics. Okay, First of all, our claim has long been nobody ever becomes has a paradigm shift in worldview because of one thing. When yeah. someone becomes an atheist, there are there may be evidential and there are uh, other factors, psychological factors, emotional factors, right. uh, interpersonal factors. The same when someone becomes a Christian. OK, so this this idea that someone can overcome all bias and only look at things objectively and with entire objective. That's a myth. Yeah, that's a myth. And by the way, if you're an atheist out there and you think that atheists are somehow in the privileged position of having been able to do that because they championed reason and rejected Christianity. Let me tell you something. Uh, Inspiring Philosophy has a great video about this um, that demonstrates that, no, you, we have a cognitive blind spot. And if you're one of those atheists who thinks that atheists have a much higher IQ, um, he's got a video on that, too, by the way. But le if we gave you that, then guess what that means? Your cognitive blind spot is bigger your bias blind spot. So, um, so no, this is this, we all have biases. There's not one yeah. reason we believe there that are I'm, multiple reasons yeah. why anyone makes a particular move. Yeah. However, I have cited and posted on Twitter, multiple, uh, ex uh, statements from people talking about their testimony of apologetics and how God used apologetics right. to bring them out. I've sent people to talk to Pine Creek in chat and, and, and there's always some rationalization away. So I've given up on that. They right. have decided not to believe that yeah. in, in face of actual testimonies and evidence. But, but our claim has always been exactly what we said. God has used. We mm -hmm. believe that apologetics is effective means by which the spirit can convict sinners and, and they repent and believe the gospel. One of many, along with preaching and along with talking about the fear of the Lord and hell. Yeah. Scare them into heaven, right? That, that whole canard. Okay, whatever, fine. You ought to be scared of hell. You don't yeah. go there if you don't repent and believe the gospel. Yeah, I, I don't. It doesn't bother me to say that at all. Right now, we're going to get to that. So let's go ahead and get to that. But okay. before we do, I got to wait till it pops up. And there it is. Um, Jim Amberg, who I refer to lovingly as our channel angel, has contributed 20 American dollars. Right. Thank you for that substantial super chat, Jim Amberg. I'm amazed and blown away every day single time let's hear so thank you let's hear the rest of what um scholar says here friend it a great example <laughs> these christian suckers who are actually donating to that channel and thinking that this guy is legit oh, he's talking about adam friended now i I'm, I'm out of my depth here scholar i'm not entirely sure but so you can correct me on your um, review inception style live stream periscope that you're doing or whatever and you know um, you're gonna watch it later Huh? You know you're gonna watch his. Video I'll watch later. his video. Yeah, I probably will. Yeah, I watch everything. Let me know if it's any good. I'm the. I'm the. I know you won't watch it. Um, <laughs> I I can barely keep up with the comments you told me to keep up with on the other channel. So, 
I think this Adam Friend did. I had he did a review of something I did, and I, if my understanding is, he's either an atheist or agnostic of some sort who disapprove or disagrees with much of the tactics of, or much of the approaches. Let's say uh, that didn't sound good. Tactics, but the approaches that internet YouTube atheists use. What's wrong with the word tactic? Um, Apologies. Yeah, it's, I, I don't mind tactic. it, but I, I don't. I just don't want people to perceive me as like trying to stick it to them when I'm not trying those to atheists are using those atheist tactics. <laughs> they're just and using a prominent apologist wrote a book called tactics. tactics. <laughs> yeah. okay. Um, so, but anyway, I, I just, I, I think All that's right. right. I think yeah. that, um, and, if, and apparently some apologists are not apolog like some Christians have like trotted out his words because of that, <laughs> just like the atheists are trotting out people that are Christians who don't like apologetics. I mean, if, or whatever. what is it? Kokel? If he, if he wrote a book called schemes, right? I mean, that's just, um, People get so Isaiah Braxton wants everyone to know I don't donate to no Adam let me tell you something if you donate to a YouTube channel because you find the content entertaining refreshing whatever uh, and you're a Christian what's the difference between that and a Christian going to see a Marvel movie or uh, yeah they don't believe those a, worldview claims either right or paying for a, yeah or the force they're not weird okay but they go see Star Wars movies they they buy Netflix every month People spend their entertainment dollars on things that, that they find beneficial in some way or another to entertain them or to educate And a worldview channel can be entertaining. Right. I think Skylar says at the beginning of this very video that this is an entertainment show, right? Yeah, so, well, and I like to listen to people of opposing worldviews, and I buy their books, and sometimes I listen to their lectures, but I'd rather read their books and all of that kind of thing. So, oh no, I'm, I'm, get, I'm buying, well, the publisher probably takes a huge chunk of that, but I still like to, you know... Give where I can. To, to, All right, let's keep trucking. Yeah, what, I don't. Uh, dude, he's using you guys for money, and he's gonna. Anyway, I should I shouldn't go too much in detail. Anyway, Scholar doesn't like that. So guy. when I, I bought I, I find... the God Delusion to read, I don't think of Richard Dawkins using me for money, but I don't mind paying yeah, and some like, of that cares? money going into his pocket. He created a product that, for some reason, I need or want to read. Right. Mm-hmm. I don't feel used. I mean, I, nobody, he didn't put a gun to my head to buy the book, right? He manipulated you with his atheist tactics. <laughs> All right. Like writing things. Right. <laughs> All right. Let's, let's keep going. That, that notion of like, we fear God. So we act this way. I mean, I don't want my children to fear me and that's why they obey me. Really? Yeah. Right. I want my children to, to listen to me. I won't use the word obey because I don't want them to obey me. I want them to listen to me and respect me. But I, we do that. Hold up, Skylar. All right. Let's, I know we're doing this whole worldview thing and I know we're YouTubers, but can we, let's just, and I'm not insinuating that you're being disingenuous. I think you mean what you just said, but let's, let's back off of that for a second. And let's ask ourselves this question. When your child is running headlong toward a street with heavy traffic, do you, when you shout to them, don't go in the street or stop right there, are you hoping that they will merely take on board what you've said as one of many things to philosophize about and consider in arriving at whatever decision they would like to make? Or do you hope they will obey you so that for their own good? Not right? get ran over. Yeah. I mean, come on. And, and, and also, and also they, my kids sometimes when they were younger would make a huge mess in their bedroom. When I tell them I want them to clean that mess up, 
I want them to obey that command. Sure. I, I don't want to have a discussion about it. I don't want, and I don't want, listen to me carefully. Here's where you might can take a legitimate issue. I don't want them to do it just merely out of, well, I respect my dad, so I guess I will clean my room and maybe cleaning my room is a good thing. No, I want them to do it in addition to respect and listen to me for obedience purposes so that they get in the habit of obeying me so that they don't do stupid things like run out in traffic mm -hmm. because you have to build those behaviors in the children. Yeah. So part of that's obedience. All right. So, um, so now let's, uh, let, so that the next thing, so this thing about hell, well, let's hear it. Do love, compassion, understanding, and sometimes discipline, but it's not the kind of discipline where you end up in eternal hellfire and torture. Okay. Um, so here's the thing. Let, let me give a little theology here. Now, here's the thing, Skylar. I know you're aware. I, I, you, you made a response video to something I did sometime back on God as he's, you know, presented in the Old Testament. So I know you're aware of this and doing internal critiques versus external critiques. So let's do a little internal critique. And I want to explain to you, you don't have to buy it. Your mileage may vary, but I'm going to present to you why I think hell makes sense on an internal critique of Christianity in light of a loving God who is a loving father. Um, Haven't we done that episode of me? I'm just going to do it now. Okay. I, I, I've got a, not a captive audience, but a. So a, it's a good time for me to check myself. Out. Check yourself. Out. Okay. So ultimately here's the thing. Um, anyone else and Skylar, I, I want you to understand that. And, and I'm not also, I'm not suggesting you're not already aware of this sort of a response, but I'm just laying it out here. So, um, so we believe that God is ultimately good. But in order for God to be ultimately good, God must be ultimately just, right? You've heard me do this. Like if we captured, um, who's the guy, um, who's the guy that, uh, that recently either killed himself or was killed. It's not clear. Epstein. Eb yeah. Epstein. If, if, the, if we had captured Epstein and, and, and we knew that he did all these things that he did, well, then, um, what if we just said, well, you know, if, if we really love him, we should just give him a hug and let him go or pat him on the back or maybe just give him a stern talking to or something. Um, would that be good? No, that would not be good. Why wouldn't it be good? Because it's unjust. Um, and so a, a good God must dispense justice. He must act justly. That is his nature to be just. So there must be a just penalty for sin. Now, you don't have to buy sin to understand the system. So if, if you've sinned against an everlasting God, an everlasting penalty is there. And the only solution is... Um, for God, so God's got these, this love and this justice at play. How can he express both the love and the justice? Uh, because he's ultimately good. Well, he can dispense both the ultimate justice and the ultimate love by wrapping himself in human flesh, sending his son, Jesus. We could talk about the Trinity if you want to on another time. And, um, and the everlasting person dies for the sin of the world so that both the justice and the love is there. Now, you don't have to buy any of that for that to make sense, but that makes sense of hell. The option is you don't have to go to hell. Now, I've said all of that, and I think it works logically without even taking into consideration the fact that there are various conceptions of hell. Um, very few people that I encountered to, uh, in conservative, theologically conservative evangelicalism who are most well known for the hell, fire, and brimstone type stuff, very few anymore even the ones who believe in the eternal conscious torment. Ooh, put view. that objection. If Epstein repented, put that on the screen. Well, hold on. Let me get this thought okay. out. I'll remember it. But, um, 
Oh, and now I've lost it. Okay. Even in evangelicalism today, the people who take the eternal conscious torment view, um, very few believe in literal fire and literal brimstone. They believe that it's eternal and conscious and torment, but not like physical, you know, melting your face off for a billion years or something. And then you're just getting started. It's not, it's, but, but then there are also people who don't hold the eternal conscious torment view and uh, people like Chris Tate. Our yeah. mutual friend. So this is all very important, I think, to roll out here. Now, let's take a look at uh, was so you say, so you say. If Epstein had repented, he would go to heaven and a mere liar would go to hell for eternity. Okay, this is one of those moments where we It's a theology say, moment. So what? Now, well, no, she wants to know why, how do you make sense of that? I know, but I'm... I'm he this, or she. The, the so what is to illustrate when you can say so what, you haven't made a very right, compelling that's, point. Uh, right. So yeah, I wanted to make yeah. sure that there's a, the understanding that this is not. This doesn't serious, affect the truth this of is not Christianity. A, right. Now, Go by ahead. the way, you know why I can say so what to that? Because sin is so egregious, so offensive to the holiness of God, that Jesus had to die on the cross to make atonement for it. Okay. But that price is so high, and the quality of that sacrifice so high that it can cover a multitude of wickedness over the course of an individual's life who repents on the deathbed, right? Mm -hmm. But the holiness of God for the one who does not is so offended by the sin that the mere liar would go to hell for all eternity and whatever version of hell turns out to be the case uh, according to the Bible. That's still just. That's still just. That, that doesn't mean it's appealing to you. But again, what appeals to you and what we believe to be true and what still makes sense if you understand the horrific nature of sin to a holy God and the quality of the sacrifice of Jesus Christ for that sin. Yeah. So what? That's how it goes. Um, That's why he could use someone like Paul, right? Who was a persecutor of the church and turn him around to be one of its greatest evangelists. Yeah. I mean, simply put the very simple answer to the question, if Epstein had repented, he would go to heaven and a mere liar would go to hell for eternity is okay. Both are sinners. We're all sinners and Jesus died for the sin of the world. So that if you repent and trust in Jesus, that justice has been done. All right. That's been done. Mm -hmm. And now comes the love. And by the way, Epstein, if he were to have repented, will not be Epstein in heaven. And I have no reason to believe that he did. Yeah. But if he did, he would not be the Epstein you're aware of in heaven, nor would Hitler, nor would anybody else if they repented. Not that the people we're talking about, we have any reason to believe they did. They would be people who have been glorified and become like Jesus, and they'd be wonderful people. And 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 yeah, and and by the way, no sinner, according to the Christian worldview, is a mere this. It's not about you being good enough to go to heaven or bad enough to go to hell. Get that right. out of your mind. Right. It's about do you know Jesus? Because we're all sinners. Right. Okay. And I'm sorry, there's not, it's not like, oh, they have one sin, right? They just have one compared to Epstein's gazillions. No, right. they have gazillions versus super gazillions or whatever. I mean, it's just, it's, we all sin. All right, we're almost done. Yeah. Uh, but let's get to this other one with, uh, this is Dr. Josh here. 
uh, Crime and Punishment does a good job of illustrating. Hmm. I, I do wish that they would. I mean, I'm I'm not trying to knock reading other things, but given the things that these guys talk about, I do wish sometimes that they would read more secondary literature on biblical texts. You know, the things yeah. that they talk about a lot because I I feel like uh, so we we have that five video series I think on the dating of the book of Daniel mm -hmm. and I, I keep hearing the same authors come up over and over and over again and they're the evangelical authors right that are very committed um, and I, I like I, I want to say please you know I think it's great obviously to read those books but also please read a little more broadly. Like I just watched a video where mm -hmm. Braxton talked about why he thinks that uh, Moses wrote the, the bulk of the Pentateuch, right? Mm -hmm. One person wrote the Pentateuch. And I, I just think, man, read more for God's sake. Braxton you thinks know, that one person wrote the Pentateuch. Yeah. I mean, he, you know, he wow. would say that, you know, maybe Joshua wrote, um, you know, the, the part about Moses being the most humble man or about Moses dying, or maybe he, you know, it's possible he entertains the possibility that Moses wrote stuff and then that was later edited together, but it's Moses that wrote it. And uh, I just like. Thank you so much, Marcia Jennings, for that substantial super chat. I really, really, really do appreciate that. Thank so, you. Thank you. Thank you. I'm not done with the clip. I just wanted to say thank mm -hmm. you to Marcia Jennings. Thank you so much for that. Oh, what did she say? She said, we are all sinners. Thank Jesus for dying for me. All of us love Amen. your videos. Glad to hear it. Thank Please. you. You know, go, go read Joel Baden. Go read, <laughs> you know, Reinhard Kratz. Read, read some of these yeah, other people okay. that are fighting. We know what he's saying. What he's saying it's, is he heard you say something once and assumes that you've never read anything else because you said something once. Mm -hmm. That's, I'm sorry for those of you on Skylar's channel. That's dumb. Um, this is the thing. It, it goes. We've we've talked about this for a long time. If you don't say everything that you believe and know about, and every time you speak publicly on any given subject, people are going to assume that you don't know that. Um, Braxton Hunter. I course, think I have a clip on yeah. YouTube where I'm talking about mosaic authorship. Right. It's like a three minute clip from where we were at a church somewhere. Right. And I'm answering off the top of my head. Right. Yeah. And I think I do. You know, I give some reasons. Right. But yeah. but it wasn't like, you know, a, a class. By the way. I do teach a class at Trinity College of the Bible and Theological Seminary on the Pentateuch, and we go through all that stuff. Um, the, the idea that we're not familiar with secondary literature on this, we're the ones that are always telling people to read. And yes. I would think as one academic to another that there would be a little... Because here's the thing. I, I think from what I know of this Dr. Josh fellow, um, Josh Bowen, I think is his name, he presents himself as a friendly guy, and I have no doubt that he is. I think I could have wonderful conversations with him in person, uh, but, uh, that was very condescending unnecessarily. So. Yeah. Like I'm not offended. I'm just surprised because yeah. I didn't think he was that sort of a guy. Right. Because it's, it's like, well, um, we've discussed, um, the authorship of Moses, I think on this channel in a little bit more depth. I don't know if you get into that in your, um, I don't know if you get into that on your, um, Genesis commentary, but you do get into it in your class. The courses, the courses Steve, that we yeah, teach on. And this. Steve Gregg gets into that, and we and at Trinity College of Bible Theological Seminary in Braxton Hunter's class and mm -hmm. in, in one of Steve Gregg's classes. Both have gone through authorship issues, documentary hypothesis and stuff, and 
the refutations of that. Yeah, plus he says he says that that I'm open to the uh, possibility that there was an editing process and that right. the final product is what yeah. we have. But that there's a there there's a that this goes back to sayings of Moses or whatever like that. I I mean, okay. I, yeah, you know what? You know what else? Here's the thing. Yeah. If it's not true, if if Moses didn't write it as it is or whatever, like okay. Like I'm not dying on that hill, right? But by the way, but, but you've already you we not on whatever clip he saw, but make sure you know that the person you're talking about hasn't read all of that because well, part now, this, of our this, job this, is we, to we, read we, all yeah, of that. So we, right? we have so on, how, we have on the thumbnail assumptions. Yeah, there have been multiple assumptions. Yeah. The assumption that we were saying that the fear of God is why we do everything that we do. You eat turkey sandwiches because of the fear of the Lord, <laughs> right? The assumption that. Um, uh, that we don't do certain things because we love people. The assumption of a particular view of hell, an assumption about what we read and what we yeah, don't read. Yeah, because you believe Jesus was right in essentially saying Moses, you know, is responsible for that. Mm -hmm. um, as if you've never read the counter arguments, even though you have a course where you go through all of those authors and unpack their things and give our responses. The fact that we disagree with liberal scholarship and some conservative scholarship on the authorship of Moses doesn't mean we're unaware of it. It's that your arguments don't convince us. Yeah, I'm just not convinced. But I shouldn't mean, you guys be okay with someone not being convinced of something? Right. Make better arguments. Because when I here here's the thing. When I say Moses wrote, what I'm saying is Moses is largely responsible for the content of the Pentateuch in so far as in whatever uh, final form we have received, it ultimately goes back to Moses. So they, I, I've seen a couple of times where there's been like this question of yeah. why won't you have me on? I should be able to be on your show and discuss with you and or things like that. If that's not, that's not those aren't direct. Wait, who's quotes. saying that? And no, and no, Nathan Orman, the first guy that we were playing the clip from, he says, uh, "Well, let's let's find it um, and put it up there." He says, um, I says, Bruce is a freaking genius. These guys. Now, I don't know if he's talking about the people in the chat. No, he's or talking about us. us. He's talking about are us. rolling low IQ pop apologetic arguments and won't engage in. Oh, yeah, he is talking about us. Won't right. engage in dialogue. Right. Um, here's the thing. That sort of a comment, which was evident in the video that there was a, there was an attitude there like that. Right. Um, is, is why Th that's how you don't get on. That's how this you don't channel. get on shows. Like and he this. knows that you're not, I mean, low IQ. Come on. What's his name? Nathan, Nathan, Nathan. Come on, Nathan, you know better. I mean, we we're, I've had multiple live onstage public debates where somebody arranged it, by the way, I'm familiar but with a YouTuber, uh, but <laughs> Matt Dillahunty even You're, says this. He says, you want to debate me? Here's the way you get someone to organize a debate. We have it and we do it and all that whole thing. Um, but, and I'm not trying to like say how important I am. I'm just saying I, you, there is nothing that requires me to debate anyone who wants to just have a debate on the fly. And I'm perfectly fine with people saying, oh, that's because you're afraid. That's because you're scared because I'm so incredible and I'm so, you're so afraid of me. Yes. I'm fine with that. But when I know of, when people have chest thumping, when people have presented with chest thumping arguments and things like that, then uh, I have it's no not going to happen. Yeah. It's not going to happen. Yeah. I want to talk to people who uh, treat me with respect yeah. Yeah. And, and treat me like, not because I'm so amazing, but because I'm a human being. I want to be treated like Braxton, a human being. You pay me to say this, but you really are amazing. Now, I appreciate it. now, uh, 
I like to trade in low IQ pop apologetic arguments. It means I don't have to work hard. But you, I mean, I don't mind. They should just say that about not these guys, that one guy with the glasses. Let's just be honest, right? Because mm -hmm. I, I don't care. I do think that, that that comment bothers you a little bit. The, oh, the, this no. I I've been ignoring this whole conversation. No, I but I think when because you you because what other YouTubers say I think affects you more than it affects me. Oh, absolutely not. No? The whole way through, I've been ignoring this conversation. And when hmm. I saw this, I was, I thought, okay, let's just address this. This is why we don't debate is because of comments like this. Yeah. I mean that that's no that's uh, that's uh, that, I mean do better be nice be a nice human all right um so that's the end of the that's the end of it do you have anything else you want to say um well I can't believe that Nathan has never invited me over to his house and paid for my plane ticket to go to wherever city he lives in so that I can go to his house and eat food out of his refrigerator. Don't get, don't. I can't believe this guy. Don't be like that, Jonathan. This kind of low IQ atheist, inhospitable, I'm not inviting me and buying my plane ticket to come I'm to sure his house Nathan to have has, dinner. I'm sure Nathan has. Well, when a he throws up a $500 IQ. super chat to pay for my plane ticket to go sit in his house and eat his food. Just low IQ atheism. He's not low IQ. Huh? He's not low IQ. Um, Are you sure? How do you know what his IQ is? I, I, How does he know what your IQ is? I don't know. Yeah. I don't know. All right. I know uh, what your IQ is. So he's so uh, digital, digital Hammurabi. Oh, this, I put this up because I saw that it was a super chat. Mm. A little behind in the stream. Sorry for the delay. You are right about my assumption. I apologize. That was unfair of me. That is, is how you make a comment. Yeah. No, no, but, I'm sorry. It's not shady for me, uh, Nathan. I to, don't actually to, think he was being unfair so much. It's not unfair when you make a wrong assumption. It's a mistake, but it's not unfair. It, it, mistakes happen. And I think you acknowledged that earlier in the stream that I, maybe you weren't clear. Yeah, Nathan, you. I'm fine for you to think that it's shady of us to make a response video and not have you on the show. That's fine. I'm fine. You can think that. I, I, I don't. People make response videos to me all the time without inviting me. Right. Did, yeah. Did you invite him <laughs> on when you responded to his video? Right. All right. This has been fun. Wait, is that um, the guy that responded? Nathan is the guy that we played. The first video. Yeah. Right. Did he invite you on when he had wanted to respond to what you say? I have no knowledge of it. If he did, I. I don't right. Know. I mean, come. It's right there, right in your face. I mean, the. You can't complain about it. Why didn't you have Braxton on instead of respond to his video? You, I mean, seriously, man, that's just, it's that obvious and you're still making the comments. Okay. You know, um, I, I'll tell you, this has been an interesting episode. But that does go for <laughs> uh, you too, Skylar, about having me on. Why didn't you have Braxton on? He says he did. Talk? Where did you invite me yeah. on? Where did you invite me on? I don't know. Uh, pigs can fly. Gave ten dollars. Let's all be nice and accept the love of Jesus Christ. Praise the Lord. And I with agree that, with that entire I say, statement. Hey, everything as that written. We, everything that we've said um, is, is meant to be about the content, not the person. It's conjunction um, I, I, dependent. Uh, check your Facebook inbox. I will check it, but it's still true that I didn't see it. But if you sent it, thank you for sending it. Um, uh, so th th none of these things are meant to be addressed to the person. 
they're meant to be addressed. Uh, well, they're addressed to the person, but not about the person. Now I'm about. I'm to trying to do now five I have to take up for and now I have to take up for Nathan because by golly, you are terrible at reading your messages. I'll, okay. I'll, yes, I'll he said he did. He did. He sent to me at seven eleven a.m. I'm going to review your debate review later if you're interested in joining. Okay, I didn't. I didn't see that, Nathan. But yeah, thanks. Well, that's, that's actually right pretty on. cool. Yeah. Sorry, Nathan. Give you you actually did. I Give went you that on that whole mark. rant. Did, did right. Skyler? Well, Skyler told us here he was about. Oh, the first one? I don't know. Oh. I don't know. Oh. I'm not going to say. I said okay, that Nathan so, didn't, or I had no. Actually, I said I have no knowledge if Nathan did, which is true. I have no knowledge if you Skyler You really did. should check your messages because I have Do you know how many problem. ways I get messages? Yes, I, I handle I, three different email accounts, four different email accounts. Yeah. Uh, two Facebook Messenger accounts, Twitter, uh, Parler, and whatever else, YouTube. I mean, I no. Yeah. I, well, you're going to forgive me. I owe for Nathan not an apology everything. then. Yeah, you here do. I, yeah. I don't. You do. Yeah. I'm sorry, Nathan. <laughs> I did not know that you did invite him. Uh, uh, and yes, he should check his messages more often. Your idea that people are only truthful if they debate makes you look like a child. Your behavior is typical of internet atheist behavior. Oh, you tagged me. I thought you were talking to me. You're talking to uh, somebody else. No, Eric Murphy, I didn't backtrack. Jonathan Pritchett backtracked. I said I was unaware if he tried to communicate with me about that. Yeah, it looked to me that he was demanding to come on our state uh, on our channel because we're responding to him, but we did not know that he invited Braxton to respond to a response video to Braxton. Yeah. Um, because Braxton's bad at, ch at, at checking his messages. So I will backtrack on that. Yeah, because I didn't know. So I said, sorry, Nathan. Now, I'm not sorry for jumping down his throat about this. Their low IQ. Oh, no, that did it. That, that right. ended it right there. Yeah, and so. the, the whole thing, just the attitude. I just can't uh, call him out on a double made. standard yeah. because there wasn't one there. So yeah. that's what I'm, that's the only thing I'm backtracking on because I thought that he was having a double standard, but turns out he did invite because Braxton didn't check his All right, Now stop talking yeah. and let me finish this. Okay. All right, listen to me, friends. Um, God loves scholar fiction and Nathan Orman and Josh Bowen and Pine Creek and Jordan Peterson and, and everybody. And listen, nothing that I'm saying is meant to be an attack on any individual person. It's responding to the concepts, the ideas and ideas are not persons. And in the history of the world, there are a lot of tra travesties that have happened because individuals were afraid to attack ideas. Um, so uh, as a, as people, I love you. I care about you. I hope nothing but the best for you. Um, and uh, yeah, this was fun. This was maybe one of the most fun live streams we've had in a while. And uh, so we'll uh, we'll go ahead and sign off now. Wait um, a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. What? What do you have? Wait a minute. Oh, yeah, we have to talk about... Um, we have launched yet another YouTube channel along with Aaron Brown, Tim Stratton, Chris Featherstone, and Eric Hernandez called... Theology Geek Fitness. And Braxton and I are also contributors to that. So the channel's already up. It just doesn't have any videos on it yet. But you can go search for Theology Geek Fitness and subscribe to that channel. There's a Facebook group already. And look for content there if you're interested in theology and fitness and wellness and health and diet and all that good stuff. Yeah. And uh, did you talk about Trinity Radio Extra? We talked about that at the top. 
Subscribe to Trinity Radio Extra. Yes, and check out our sister podcasts in the Trinity Commission. And we'll see you next time on Trinity Radio.